Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crank. Hey, welcome to another edition of American Potential. Thanks for joining us. You know, we have an opportunity to have some great guests, and I have a great one for you today. Not only a great member of Congress and a, a true champion, I think, for for many of the values that we share, but a personal friend of mine, someone who I think when you finish with this podcast, you'll get to know kind of our background and, and our friendship over the years, but also you're going to know that you have a true champion uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, my guest today was born and raised as a Hoosier, and he graduated from Indiana University, went on to serve in the Navy during Operation Enduring Freedom and Freedom's Sentinel, where he had the unique experience of being deployed to Afghanistan. He has served in the Indiana State Senate. He's now serving in the U.S. House of Representatives. He's a husband. He's a father to, th- to three beautiful daughters. Uh, welcome to my good friend, Congressman Jim Banks. Hey, Jim? Jeff. Good to be with you. Congrats on launching the podcast. I've listened to a couple of episodes and honored to be a part of one of your first guest of what I know will be a very successful podcast moving forward. Well, thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. And this will obviously be the best episode because I have you as the guest, right? So uh, Exactly. So I, I was thinking about how I would introduce you and, and, and talk about it. I mean, we, I, I want to just be up front. I mean, you and I met many years ago. I ran for Congress in 2006. You were my campaign manager. You lived at the time in Colorado Springs, you and your wife, Amanda, working uh, at Focus on the Family in Colorado Springs. And you and I met and, and you ran my campaign, did an incredible job. And that kicked off uh, many, many following years of friendship. Well, we, we fell short. Um, and I, I, you know, I still uh, think regularly about that election and uh, have no doubt, Jeff, that you would have been a great member of Congress had you won. But I know you've gone on to do many things that are far more important than serving in Washington, D.C. But uh, we, we both have battle wounds from that election, don't we? Oh, we do. We do. And, you know, God had other plans. That's the way I say it. And that's perfectly fine with me. I try to do, you know, whatever it is he wanted rather than, than what I wanted. But, but I appreciate that. Now, I want people to understand the fact that you almost didn't make it to, to be a member of Congress because I took you on an elk hunt once and I wasn't sure you were going to survive. Maybe you can re- relive that tale. Just I don't want to relive it. I, what I remember <laughs> is it was getting very dark. It was very wet. It was snowing very hard. Um, I had bought a beautiful, a brand new rifle at a gun shop. A friend of yours owned it in Colorado Springs. Yep. And um, by the end of the night, I, I couldn't even walk straight. Uh, I kept falling down. My, that, I still, I've, never, uh, I've never carried that rifle since, but it has dents all over the butt of that gun uh, from that single elk hunting trip. I, what I remember is getting turned around in circles, and as it was get, started to get very dark, I, I had a choice to either crawl under a tree and die, or keep <laughs> keep hiking. And uh, eventually, I came out into a into a field, a clearing, and uh, you were there. I, I don't know if you were angry or if you uh, were laughing about it at that point, but um, I, I, it still gives me chills thinking about. It. I was so darn cold. And uh, it took several days before I, I warmed up after after that one. So 
that's right. I, I'm, I almost didn't make it to the United States Congress. I almost <laughs> lived my final days on the other side of Pikes Peak, and uh, and we didn't even get we didn't even kill a kill an elk uh, to make no, it worth it. We didn't. We didn't. But let me just say, between crawling under a tree and dying, or keep going. You made the right choice. I just want to let you know right up front. I remember that was the right choice. You almost had to call the uh, search and rescue, and (laughs) you you were debating about the embarrassment of whether or not to do that. And I appreciate that it didn't come to that. (laughs) No, I don't think it was quite that bad. You forgot to mention, as I recall, there were several feet of snow. There was there was banks of snow that you were crawling through to get there too. Yes, Uh, of course (laughs) we want to make it sound worse than what it really was, but oh yeah. Quite, quite an experience. I'll never forget it. It, it was. It was. Well, listen, I, and I appreciate uh, your friendship through the years and uh, a big supporter of you and some of the great work you've done in the Indiana State Senate. Um, and then, of course, in the U.S. Congress and some of the, some of the amazing stuff that you've done. You serve on the Armed Services Committee. Uh, you, you do great work with our military and would love to talk to you about that as well. But I, I do want to talk to you a little bit about where we are with regard to spending. You know, Congress, everybody gets so frustrated. Americans get so frustrated at the fact that Congress cannot seem to get its fiscal house in order. And the, the budgeting, the way we have done budgeting for years, uh, just lends itself to, to, to total chaos. And they throw everything into these Christmas tree bills at the end of the year. And members have to just vote up or down or the government shuts down. And it's very frustrating to them. How can we change that? Let me start there. Well, it's pure insanity. I, I came from the Indiana State House where we had a, a constitutional uh, a responsibility in Indiana to balance the budget every two years when we pass the, the budget out of the State House. Then, then you come to Washington, D.C. And you know, I, I've always said that, and I, I know, Jeff, that you agree with this. A $32 trillion national debt didn't happen just because of the Democrats. I mean, it was a, it's a, a bipartisan product. Now, I would argue the Democrats have made it exponentially worse. I mean, since Joe Biden became president, he's increased the 10-year trajectory uh, for spending by an additional $10 trillion. So uh, the Democrats have, made, have accelerated uh, the, the fiscal uh, uh, crisis that we have in this country but for far too long, we've had Republicans roll over, not fight back, go along with the omnibus spending deals uh, that are usually negotiated by one or two Republican leaders, even in the majority, and one or two Democrat leaders and the, and the president and the White House. So it is a new day, though. Uh, it is a new Republican Party on Capitol Hill. This, this new uh, House majority, Speaker Kevin McCarthy, uh, we've made a commitment that we're not going to roll over on this one. We have a we have a debt limit looming, and we will not pass a clean uh, debt limit, a so-called clean debt limit, without serious and substantial spending cuts and reforms. And that's why a few weeks ago we passed our product out of the House. It only passed by one vote, but it cut spending by five, nearly five trillion, to raise the debt limit by one point five trillion. And uh, and we use the we use the House majority and the the leverage uh, that comes with it to force the president's hand. So now now the president is going to meet with the speaker again uh, as we speak uh, again tomorrow, this week, to continue those negotiations. But House Republicans will not roll over. The only way that Democrats can pass a debt limit increase is for Republicans to go along with it. And it'll take 60 votes in the Senate. That means you need a few uh, Republican senators to go along with it. 
And as Senator Mike Lee last week, Jeff, he circulated a letter among Senate Republicans, and he got enough Republican signatures that it would be impossible for a for the Democrats on their own to pass a debt limit increase. So there's the the answer to your question is there's more of a fight here on Capitol Hill among Republicans, more of a backbone than I've, I've ever seen before as we recognize that we have to do something, and this is our moment in time to do it. Well, and I, I hope that that's right, because we, we got, we've got to get, we, we've got to stop letting this moment come upon us. And it seems like every, every year we go through this again, the media is some, somehow complicit in this, right? Because they're the ones that are driving this narrative. They know that when we get to the edge of that cliff, they'll be there to drive the narrative of, of bigger government and, oh, we just have to, to, to raise the debt limit. What's different this time in your mind? than in previous years uh, where we might be more successful. I, I think you're exactly right on that. The, the media always gives the Democrats a pass, right? I mean, whenever you see these fights play out, it's, you know, the, the, the Democrat president, uh, whether it was Obama or uh, Clinton, um, they, they always got a pass by the, by, the, uh, by the media. If it was a Republican president, they would take the blame. Uh, Republican Majorities in the Congress, when there was a Democrat president, they would take the blame for a government shutdown or a debt limit fight uh, playing out. I, I think there's some, there is something different, though, going on today. And I think that's the, the, the media has been, because of their obvious bias in cases like this, they, they, their stature has been weakened. And the American people are looking for leadership with a backbone. They know, they know President Biden is anything but that, anything but a leader. And he doesn't have backbone. He's not serious about uh, about addressing the big issues that our country faces, and you know, I think I think the public is really with us. I, I really do. They they expect us to do to use the leverage and to use this moment to fix a serious issue looming over the heads of our kids and our grandkids and the American dream in this country. If we don't do something about spending the thirty-two trillion dollar national debt, we can't just give this president and these Democrats a blank check and say we're going to raise blindly raise the debt limit so that you can raise more and spend away our kids' inheritance and, uh, and their future. So I think the public is, is with us on it. Um, and, and I think Republican, you know, the, the Republican plan that we passed a couple of weeks ago, I don't, know what, I don't know what your thought on this is, Jeff, but I thought it was very modest. Uh, work requirements for food stamps, scale back all of the unspent COVID money, uh, do away with all the Green New Deal subsidies, and put spending, put spending caps in place to cut $5 trillion in spending. I, I thought it was modest. In fact, as a conservative Republican, I, I, wanted, I wanted us to do a whole lot more. But the, major, the majority, the 217 votes that it took to pass it, um, that, that's where we arrived. It was a negotiation. It set the process in motion. And now, now the president knows that, uh, that Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker, and House Republicans are going to stick together. So he has to deal with us. He has to he has to come to the table and work with us on a way forward that uh, that would address the big issue that we're talking about. Well, and I, I do worry that this president thinks that he can just push this to the edge again and that the media, as I said, will be there to rescue him, drive the narrative that the parks are all going to close and all the people that come to Washington, D.C. won't get to get into the Washington Monument and all the Social Security checks aren't going to be cut and all the fear that we see year in and year out on this issue. Um, but again, I mean, I, I think you believe that there's something more, that, that there's something different and that that is, you know, maybe a little more fight on the other side. 
Yeah, I think so. And, and remember, there is a difference between a government shutdown and the federal government defaulting on its debt, which would send our, right. our economy into a tailspin. I mean, it, I mean, the difference is what you just described, a government shutdown which that's going to come later when we get to the appropriations season, mm-hmm. um, uh, as we as we start, uh, which we're we're going to move into that process here really soon. Um, that and when the government shuts down, that's when the national parks close and all of the boogeyman arguments that the, the left throws out about uh, people not getting paid and and some of those issues that of course we want to avoid. Of course we don't want the government to shut down, but sure. um, the Democrats have a lot of tactics that they. They play that hand with their friends in the media and and attack Republicans when that happens. So when it, when oftentimes it's their it's their own fault. It's not the Republicans' fault. Their their own fault for non negotiating. But we're, what we're talking yeah. about here today is a default on the debt of the government, which would would um, would mean that our credit rating would be uh, would be downgraded, which would cause I think economic consequences that would be that would be most. Um, would be most uh, uh, devastating to working men and women in this country. The, pe- the people in this country who go to work every day and work hard to make ends meet, I think, are the ones who would be most impacted by it. And I think they're, they're, they're the, the, the hardest working Americans in this country. I think about you know, my, you know, my family, my upbringing, my dad who worked in a factory all of his life. They, they know that it's the politicians in Washington's fault for not addressing the debt and doing something about it. And they know that Joe Biden is refusing uh, to negotiate and address those issues, and so I, I do think that the public is on our side. I think the media, uh, that they, they have been, uh, they they play this game over and over so many times that they're that they um, are are taken less seriously, and uh, mo- most people are consuming media in a different way and getting the the real story, the real facts about what this means and and which side is coming to the table and which side isn't. So I'm, I'm I am hopeful, Jeff. I'm I'm. Maybe uh, cautiously optimistic that Republicans are going to stick together. We're going to we're going to get we're going to negotiate reforms out of this that will put us down a path, down a trajectory uh, to do something about the the the, the national debt and the fiscal um, situation that our country faces. Yeah, and I, I hope that you're right. I hope that we can decouple the government closing down. I just my concern is the narrative, uh, you know, that that the media is out there driving. But but you're right; they're two separate. Separate issues. Um, the last time a president came together and worked with a a in a bipartisan way with Congress to get this done was actually when Bill Clinton worked with the Republicans and uh, Newt Gingrich, of course, at the time was Speaker in the House. It's the last time I believe we had a budget surplus in the United States government because he made the decision that it was better for him politically to do that. Is there any hope that Joe Biden will look at this and and see that as well, that, you know, coming together for the good of the American people, stopping this spending spree that we're on and us hurtling towards this fiscal cliff, that that is a better way than the way that 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 he's been doing it? Uh, You know, Joe Biden is no Bill Clinton, right? I mean, this guy doesn't have the political savvy to understand, especially with an election staring him in the face next year, that it would be good politics for him to do that, right? I mean, that, right. that, that hasn't happened yet. He hasn't, he, he, he sat down once last week briefly with the, what they call the big four, the speaker, the Speaker McCarthy and Chuck Schumer, the Republican or the Democrat leader of the Senate, and then the minority leader uh, of the Senate, uh, 
uh, Mitch McConnell, and then Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader in the House. And uh, Kevin McCarthy walked out of the room and notably said that nothing came out of it. Nothing good came out of it. So now they're going to sit down again tomorrow. So stay, stay tuned for that. Hopefully something good comes out of that. So hopefully the president has, now that he's given it uh, 10 days or so to think about what um, little progress was made before, maybe it's time for him to work with the other side. That's what the American people expect. That's why they gave us divided government. That's why they gave Republicans a majority in the House, because they want the majority be, to be a check on the president of the other party. Historically, that's what the American people have um, determined is the healthiest. You know, most elections have resulted in that divided government, a, a president of one party and a Congress, a majority in the other party for that reason. So hopefully that's a, that will be a, a tomorrow will be a wake up call for the president to understand this is what the American people expect for us to negotiate, come together and find solutions in a bipartisan way. Yeah, you know, one one final kind of thought on this uh, on this topic, so so that people understand. Let's talk about every single day the the government of the United States spends far more money than it takes in, and we've done that for decades now. And it, it, this has to end. It, it it can't go on forever. Someone at some point, some future generation has to pay the price for that. I mean, this is a terrible situation we're in. Yeah, you know, let me give credit to. Americans for Prosperity, who puts out a scorecard every Congress that rates members of Congress and how they vote. I'm, I'm, I'm really proud, Jeff. I have one of the most fiscally conservative voting records because it's groups like Americans for Prosperity and a few other groups out there that actually uh, go out and, and show the American people who's, who's voting for big spending, who's voting for the omnibus uh, out-of-control spending bills, and, who's, and, and who, like uh, members of Congress like me, who are voting against it. So uh, I'm, I'm grateful that there are groups out there that, that are devoted to exposing those who are responsible for the situation that we're in today. But we, I, don't think we have very, I don't think we have any time left. Uh, we're at a point today, I mean, the reason we're raising the debt limit is because we're back at a point where we've, we've uh, exceeded um, uh, spending far more than what we're taking in as a country. And in Joe Biden's economy, by the way, the American people are making less money and the government is receiving less in the tax coffers because of it. And uh, that, that's a bad state of affairs. When, when President Trump passed the and Congress passed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, that exponentially grew the economy. So there was more money coming in, paid in taxes. And despite the media narrative, the left wing narrative that uh, that led to deficit spending, it did just the opposite because it got the economy cranking and going after the anemic uh, uh, job growth of the Obama era, uh, the economic growth of the Trump era was met more tax dollars being uh, uh, paid to the federal government, which of course we're, we want we want less taxes, not more. But the, a strong economy means uh, more in the tax coffers. So now we're back in the Biden era to what we got used to during the Obama era: a slow economy that's not producing much in tax revenue, and debt. That means deficits are high, and the national debt is growing and ticking up at a rate that we've never seen before. I mean, this president, Joe Biden, has spent more money than any president uh, in American history, and the government today is spending more money than any government that has ever been, uh, has ever been seen in, in world history before that, that uh, sort of underscores the situation that we're in. So we, we have to do something about it. Our kids are depending on it, and uh, I'm, I'm determined to do my part to make sure that Republicans have backbone where they've rarely had backbone 
to fight back and push back and, and use this uh, debt limit fight as a way to get something done. Yeah. Well, uh, great, uh, great way to put it. And Jim, you have been a real champion, a real policy champion for Americans for Prosperity on a lot of these fiscal issues. You've, you've just been great. So thank you for your continued work on that. Um, I appreciate the time you've given us today. And let me just tell you, I think for, for America's sake, I'm glad that you made the right choice when you had the choice to crawl under the tree and just die <laughs> or to continue and push through. Thank God for the American people that you, you made the right choice, Jim. Well, uh, I'm, I'm very lucky, Jeff. I mean, I never, I, I grew up in a trailer park in Indiana. My dad was a factory worker. My mom was a cook in a nursing home and, uh, in, including that, 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 uh, elk hunting trip. I've had incredible experiences in my life, um, to serve in, in Washington DC at this level. It's just, you know, really, it's, it, it, it's really amazing that I could come from where I came from to come here and serve in this capacity. And I don't take it lightly every day I get up and, and, uh, you know, I, I, I recognize the gravity of these issues. These are, we're dealing with big issues that will determine whether or not we have a country in a few years um, or wh- whether or not this country goes by the, w- by the wayside or whether or not we return this country back to the values uh, that make it the greatest country in the world. And that, that's the fight that I find myself in today. I'm very proud to be in the middle of that fight and uh, to do my part. Um, I consider it a, a uh, an incredible honor to do so. So great to be with you and great to talk to you a little bit about spending and, the, and, and that issue that we're faced with. But th- there's a lot going on here on Capitol Hill. Yeah, well, thank you, uh, Congressman Jim Bakes. Thanks for all you're doing for America and uh, for the great state of Indiana. We appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. It was great having uh, Congressman Jim Banks, a good friend and a good warrior for, for the cause in Washington, D.C. He's so good on these fiscal issues. And isn't it true? We just We've talked about it on this show so many times about how Congress needs to get its fiscal house in order. They need to change the way they do budgeting and they do appropriations. And the American people are demanding it. They're, they're, they're just tired of the same story, different year uh, on this issue. It's just constantly, well, we spent too much money. The deficit was this, the, 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 the national debt has now grown to this. The American people have had it. It is not sustainable. And the reality is, and we've seen it in other countries around the world, there is a moment where we will have to pay for all of this. Some future generation will have to pay for our excess. So let's be good stewards for our children and get control of it now. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of American Potential. Again, you can follow us on Facebook, on YouTube, this entire video. Uh, will be a video podcast on YouTube with Congressman Jim Banks in the interview. So hopefully you'll go there and and watch it as well. And just thanks for being a part of the growth of this podcast. We're really excited about it. And thanks for caring. Again, we talk about this all the time. America has such great potential. All we need to do is continue that struggle, that fight that our founding fathers left for us with this great Constitution, Bill of Rights, and the wonderful country and framework and rule of law that we have, we have to fight to defend it, to keep it, and to build upon it. Thank you for listening to American Potential. Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com.